You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Well, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil. And I'm Erin. And we are in Holy Week. And there are many important days as we follow Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem all the way through his death and resurrection. But there's one day that I think we often forget. And that's the day I want to talk about in this episode. Now, I do want to put you at ease. You don't have to listen to this during Lent and Easter resurrection season. Because I think actually this day that we're going to talk about is applicable to all of life. Mm -hmm. And that day is Saturday. And the reason I want to talk about Saturday is because... I don't know what traditions everyone might have grown up in that's listening to this, but we have frequently, you know, things that we do for Maundy Thursday, we have Good Friday, but then we skip to Easter Sunday. But there's a day in there, Saturday, where Jesus has died, but he's not yet resurrected. Mm -hmm. And I think those are a lot of the days that we live our life in between death and resurrection. Historically, too, it's interesting to remember that on that Saturday, the disciples weren't waiting for a resurrection anymore. They were grieving that this Jesus that they had followed wasn't the Messiah. And we know that because we see when Jesus raises back up, the disciples are so grieved. They're walking with him, talking, and they don't even realize they're talking to Jesus until... It, like he makes it painfully obvious they've they're they're heartbroken it's a day of uh grieving and mourning and feeling like your world has been shattered because everything you thought you knew and believed and had figured out is now no longer what you thought it was yeah that's in luke 24 the road to emmaus and there's these disciples walking down and they tell jesus The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Yeah, noticing the past tense there. Yeah, and what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. So they've been struggling for a couple days between we had had this hope and it died. But resurrection hasn't happened yet. So we see, we sort of have this advantage that we know resurrection is coming. This whole idea of knowing the end of the story helps. Mm -hmm. But when we're living our normal lives, I think we often end up in Saturdays where the ending isn't clear. Maybe our eternal ending could be clear, right? But the, but the, what's going to happen with the job or with the house or with that health check or with the bill that I owe or this relationship or this child or yeah Yeah. like where we don't know what's going to happen and even though God is with us even though God is faithful we don't know it can feel really icky yeah and I I think that's why we skip heartbreaking (laughs) we skip to resurrection because because what would you even name that Saturday like devastation Saturday yeah grieving I mean day of day of intense mourning yeah it's like a hole it's like and and I think that's why we like to skip it we we're okay talking about Jesus death because we know the resurrection is coming but what do we sort of do with Saturday and I think Mm -hmm. as a culture especially in American culture I don't think we have a way to very healthily 
deal with the Saturdays of life, the periods of waiting. And so one, I think on one level, we just wanted to acknowledge that that's an important day. And I think there's sometimes a temptation as Christians to jump to Sunday and make everything okay, right? Mm -hmm. To sort of just put a false bandaid on it that, oh, you've got Jesus, everything's going to work out. This is God's plan. No worries. Just feel better about it. But life doesn't always work out that way. And I think we need to name there's these days where we're like, I thought he was the Messiah. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And so we name it. But then I also wanted to talk about, you know, this isn't an exhaustive um, discussion of what, of what you can do. And, and I don't want to pretend that what we're going to share is going to just fix it, right? The goal is not to fix it, actually. The goal is not to say, let's just get past Saturday. I actually want to say, can we enter deeper into the Saturdays to really feel our grief? To really explore what's going on in those losses and in those times of unknown. Okay, so I'm wondering, what are some ideas that you have for that Saturday that comes between Good Friday and Easter? And then in a little bit, some practices for the like, quote unquote, Saturdays of our life. Because the acknowledgement that, and this is why I think we have practices and disciplines as Christians, is because... Maybe on this particular Saturday, sandwich between Good Friday and Easter, things are really good for you and you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. But but we practice those habit-forming practices because then it helps train our spirit and our soul. So when we hit that type of a day at a different point in the calendar year, we have had some, uh, almost like a fire drill, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to have a fire to practice getting out of the building, but then when one does happen, you are prepared because you know the habits you've you've laid the groundwork. So I guess yeah. I'd love to hear what your ideas are. Um, if you're listening to this during Holy Week, if not, you know, bookmark this so the next year, you know, use that for Holy Week. Um, so I'd like to start there with with this Saturday. What are some ideas of how we can engage that um, mindset of what happens when Jesus has died and that appears to be like period, end of the story. Yeah, I think the first way to, for me, to enter deeper into it, because I think that's what we want to do when culture pushes us toward not entering deeply, just to medicate with entertainment or what we eat or drink, whatever. I think, and this is this is fun. People can maybe laugh at me for saying this because this is what I say is the answer to everything to start. And I feel, I, I, and I feel okay doing that because Gary Vaynerchuk jokes about this as well. He's like a social media expert and people ask him, well, why do you keep saying the same things? And he's like, well, what do you want me to make up something else? He's like, I'm just repeating what works. Right. And so I think my repetition of what works is to become still, to become quiet and to listen. Even if you're feeling a lot, I think feeling what our body is saying, what our mind is saying, what our story is saying, what God might be saying, that's the place to start. Because again, I think our world is built to to bulldoze those things, to allow you to entertain yourself with something else, to allow you to ignore it, to allow you just to bide your time until Sunday comes. So I think it starts with saying, I'm going to enter more deeply into this. And I think the precedent for that, and again, this is what I return to over and over, is the Psalms. Like the Psalms help 
sort of show us the way to say, hey, yes, grieve. Yes, ask God, where are you? God, how long are you going to make us wait, right? Like the Psalms give words to those experiences of loss and devastation. Read Lamentations, right? It's kind of the same thing. Maybe even Ecclesiastes. Yeah, which wisdom literature. Oh, something wise about entering more deeply in. But I think making space. And so whether that's one of the spiritual disciplines we talk about or whether it's literally just going for a walk and doing a body scan or sitting, you know, what am I feeling in my head, in my shoulders, in my back, you know? And often those bodily feelings are attached to an emotion or a thought that we're having. And so I think first we have to be able to name what we're feeling, what it feels like, where we're feeling it, to sort of connect to what what is the loss perhaps I'm feeling, what is the grief I'm feeling, what is the confusion, what is the lack of feeling, you know, to be able to name that because that's how we get into it rather than jumping to Sunday we enter into the Saturday. You know, interesting too, back to that road to Emmaus story. That is actually what Jesus does to the disciples, right? He meets them on the road and he could have said, I'm here, chill out, like everything's good, you weren't wrong. Instead, he asks them and he makes them name the problem. Mm. And he says, what's wrong? Yeah. And they are having to put it to words, you know? Yeah. So. Um, interesting connection. I hadn't seen that before until you were talking about the importance of naming our experience and what has caused us to go into that Saturday. Right. Yeah. I mean, I only read part of it. He talks about, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus, but they're still confused. Yeah, and hurting. Right. They're not just confused. They're they're in pain as well, which again, you know, you you think about that. And I think we become so familiar with these stories. We stop hearing that human aspect of it. But really, when you think about it and put yourself in their shoes, this, this is a common feeling. I think we can all think of times maybe yours is more recent (laughs) or maybe it's a bit further and you'll have to kind of stretch back in your memory but those times when you were so sure you were doing the right thing and then it started not looking quite right or not going how you expected and you you feel it is that confusion and it's not confused like oh I need you to explain it it's confused on like a soul level right where you just don't know how to keep doing life because This makes no sense anymore. Yeah, and see, and I, and I think the good news is God doesn't require us just to jump to Sunday, mm. right? Like we can look at the prophetic nature of three days and whatnot. Why was there time between Jesus' death and resurrection, theologically, biblically, whatever, we can have that discussion. But I wonder if part of it was just, you know, God saying, yeah, there's this space and I'm not going to just, because Jesus could have just hopped off the cross, right? Mm. Like he could have died, And then be like, oh, I'm back, you know, but that would have sort of sent the message of I fix things instantly. Mm -hmm. And I almost think there was something possibly to there being a little space in between to say, yeah, it may not happen right away. Right. Because even later in the New Testament, people were like, why isn't Jesus back yet? 
And Peter has to tell him, you know, don't take God's slowness to mean like he doesn't care. Or he's not coming again, mm-hmm. right? Like he even had to tell her, why isn't he coming? And go, well, because this isn't a God who operates on our time frame. And that's, and that's the second hard. coming. They now know he's resurrected. Yeah. And Jesus actually then in his space while he's walking with everyone post-resurrection, explains to them that he's coming back. Yeah. And they had it face to face. I mean, there are some days where I think it would have been an advantage to my faith to have seen Jesus face to face. But, you know, even after that, like you said, they start going, well, I don't I don't know. It's not how I thought this would go. And that that can trip us up. I think the encouragement is that can trip us up. And if you've ever felt tripped up in that situation or you're going through that now and you're feeling tripped up. That's normal. Even the disciples, even the followers of Christ who knew him yeah. have experienced that. But yeah. like you said, that didn't stop the resurrection from happening. That doesn't mean that God isn't still at work and right. having a plan that is being acted out. It just means sometimes we find ourselves in that place of darkness and confusion and we have to we have to name it and come to terms with it. Yeah. And I think that sort of leads then into, as we name it, as we feel it, I would say search and see, is there a biblical character that's expressed that, that you can express that with their words? Cause sometimes we don't have the words mm-hmm. or, God... we, or we may have been taught in our, in our faith journey that certain emotions aren't acceptable right. and we can, sometimes feel hesitant to express things thinking that means we aren't being faithful or holy or faith-filled yeah. or whatever. So right. there, there is absolutely, um, I like, it gives you the permission. Right. That's and, what we're encouraging you and, to do is take the permission yeah. to speak words that, uh, especially David was, you know, God's beloved. So if David said it in the Psalms, <laughs> you're probably okay repeating those lines right. like you would a movie quote. And, and I think the important thing is that's taking it to God then. Yeah. And, and God desires, it's just like we would desire our children to come with the, to us when they're hurting or someone we care about. We welcome that, even if they're upset, even if they're hurting. But that to me is connecting to the historical community. And I think that's important. But then I also would encourage people to say one of the next steps you could take is to have a safe place you can go in a current community. Because again... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are a trinity, a divine community, right? Three peop- three persons, one God. We are created, when it says in the image of God, we're created in the image of a community. And so I'm not really sure how healing can take place outside of that community. And that doesn't mean they need to heal you, like offer you advice and make it better. But I think the presence is what can be really important. Um, just to start, right? Like I wish in the book of Job that Job's friends would have just sat with him as they did and then not started talking. That you know, this is why Jews have sitting Shiva, right? Of people coming just to mourn and be with you so that you know you're not alone. So on one level, I would say, don't become isolated. Don't cut off from community. Mm. Have that safe space where you can go, where you can just be with someone who can let you know you're not alone. Now, I will say it is very possible God could speak words of blessing or truth or whatever through them. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily say that's expected or necessary, but it is possible. But I think being with others to not be in it alone is pretty important. And then, yeah. I'd also maybe say I don't think culturally 
unless you are friends with people who sit Shiva regularly. Um, I don't think the people around us always know what to do with grief. Our, mm. our culture doesn't really have good ways of <laughs> handling that. So I personally have found one thing that works really well is, is to tell people what you need, mm. which is sometimes literally, hey, I just need somebody to be with me. Hmm. I'm not necessarily in a great mood right now. Because I'm a fix-it person. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, but but really telling somebody straight up, this is what I need. Would you be able to be there for me yeah. and do that for me? Yeah. And then then you're not going to end up grumpy at them because they didn't understand your needs. Right. And, you you know, especially even a friend. Friends, are, friends can be wonderful at that. And sometimes we love our friends so much we we kind of try the fix it thing on them too yeah. and they might to you and that can cause it it might leave you feeling a little less than she bud right. <laughs> so to speak so i i'm just encouraging you to kindly but you know it can be very simple but to make to make what you're hoping for known so that they can bless you in that way well yeah and then i would also then to go another step would be the Bible makes it so clear that memory is so important. And I would encourage people in this space, it may be impossible at first, maybe you'd come to this space later, um, or maybe you have physical reminders in your space to remind you of God's faithfulness in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I can't tell you how many times in our journey, you and I, um, around the world in different ministries, different jobs, different life situations that the thing that I think held me together and not just like walking away from my faith was remembering the very clear times that God had provided in the past and come through. Mm -hmm. And those times were sort of that, that encouragement and sometimes even a challenge to say, you felt like this before. And that's not to take away from the feeling, not to say it's not valid, not to say it wasn't horrific or tough or painful or way too long, whatever it might be, but where God did show up and to sort of trust that that could happen again. And again, not to take that as a, okay, I feel fine now, mm -hmm. but it's reminded me to say, can I continue just to patiently trust that the end of the story hasn't yet been written, even if I don't see the logical way out. And to sort of that memory, I mean, that's why we have the Bible, right? It's a memory of hundreds of years of people saying, here's where God showed up in our lives. Mm. And that's there to help us remember. And then we get to sort of write our own story of here's where I've seen God show up. And I think it's in those most difficult times that we need that memory, which is mm -hmm. why I would maybe encourage people when you're not in a Saturday, write or make or build or whatever you need to have in your space so that when you hit a Saturday, that thing has a life of its own that can remind you of it. This is why God told the people to build standing stones, right? Place these stones by the river. And when your kids in the future ask what they are, you can tell them the story about God coming through. This is why the people had the festivals. This is all those things that were set up separate so that when the Saturday came, they could look at it and it's the memory maker to remind them of God's faithfulness. And maybe other people have to be that for you in a certain time to remind you of that. But I like having things because they exist outside of me and they can remind me. 
I think that's a terrific idea. So maybe a good thing, again, if you're listening to this on Holy Week and you're wondering this Saturday what you might want to do to practice a habit that helps you in future Saturdays of your life, maybe one thing that would really glorify God is to sit and really think about a time when you did see God come through faithfully mm-hmm. and use this upcoming Saturday as your space to make that thing or mm. you know there's especially technology these days if you have a photograph from that time or you're artistic and you can put something together but even a journal so you can look back later yeah. and read it I can't tell you I don't journal a lot but the little bit of entries I have I'm like oh that's what I was feeling then. And oh, this is what God ended up doing. Wow, right. that was me. I need to remind myself of this. <laughs> right. So I think that would be a beautiful thing to do in this space. And another thing that you might want to do is if you're having, it has been a tough year now. It's been a little over a year. A year ago, Easter, we weren't even together because of the pandemic. Um, we've been in this for a long haul. Maybe maybe just sitting and remembering how this has gone. Maybe asking somebody in your family if they would just sit with you and remember mm-hmm. everything you've been through in this past year. Yeah. Those I think those could be very valuable experiences um, that, again, help, help laying that habit formation in your life so that when something bad happens, you start to have some building blocks you can use to keep your faith constructed yeah. and and be able to see that although it all looks lost i know with certainty god is here even though i don't know where and breathe right yes. like <laughs> so simple but so powerful our breath i mean again ruah space ruach breath spirit wind that our breath has the spiritual component of god providing each and every breath as a gift and when we feel like we're at a loss for words or we're going through a loss we often lose our breath and it's not good for our body it puts us into a space of heightened fight or flight when we're breathing through our mouth so it's just some simple nose breathing with intentionality prayerfully in God's presence to slow down and to listen again Um, I think it can offer something So with that, friends, uh, whether you're in a Saturday right now or you've been through a Saturday or there's some coming up on the horizon that you don't even know about, hopefully some of these ideas can help you enter deeper into it, really fully experience it and bring healing over time or at least help you bring presence as you wait for resurrection. Um, But the Saturdays are real and they're okay and God stays with us through it. And in the end, we know the tomb is empty and Sunday is coming, but it might take some time sometimes. So I invite you, if you're in that space, to be there, to be there with God, to be there with others and enter into it, friends. So thanks for joining us today, friends. Many blessings. And of course, as always, we would love for you to check out our link to Patreon in the description below where you can help support this ministry and gain access to some really cool exclusive content. And of course, as always as well, please do leave us a review if you found this podcast helpful. Um, That's a blessing to us and helps us reach even more people. So thanks again, friends. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.